My name is Miles Morales. I'm Brooklyn's one and only Spider-Man. And things are going great. Oh, yeah. You were supposed to be here. Bye. All right, whatever. Whatever? Wow. Whatever? Miles, being Spider-Man is a sacrifice. You have a choice between saving one person and saving every world. You sound insane. You realize that? Yeah. The whole world got crazy. Seriously? It's showtime. We've been waiting almost five years for an invitation to rejoin Miles Morales in the Spider Verse, but this time we're going all the way across the Spider Verse. I'm Brian Gill, joined by the two most important movie podcasters in my life, my co-hosts. Can't get yourself, Richard Martin. How's it going, fellas? I was surprised it was us. Yeah, yeah. Just movie podcast. Did you get in trouble with Fantasy and Chris Ryan? <laughs> yeah. They, they went back and listened to some of the other Spread the Floor episodes, and I'm not allowed back. Uh, it happens. Your friends anymore. That's fine. It feels weird to go to a comic book movie that's not DC or... MCU related, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. a Pascal <laughs> joint, if you will. It's kind of one of these, yeah, one of Pascal, these odd yeah. outside the the barriers of the canon that people get really pissed off about. This seems mm-hmm. to be one of those, so that's good. <laughs> we don't want to we don't want to piss anyone off by talking about the uh, the thing you love the most in a negative way. Yeah, it's true. It's true. It's nice to do this, and we'll get a chance to do that in a couple of weeks, probably. So uh, sure, we cool. all hey, that's the sh- mainly what the show is. So <laughs> that's right. It's that should be what it's called. Kind of just it should just be called movie reviews, talking about the things you love <laughs> in a negative way. We are always a few weeks away from either a DC or a Marvel movie at it's all true. times yeah. since <laughs> that is twelve true. or so. <laughs> it's true. It's, they're always lurking. They have it their way. <laughs> It'd be every weekend. Mm. <laughs> whopper, 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 whopper. I have that in my head. What's up, gents? Spider Verse is. I can't believe it had been five years since that was my first thought. Yeah. I thought this yeah. felt like three But I was thinking the other day, I have a wedding anniversary coming up or something. And I don't know, one of, one of the women I'm married to. And <laughs> um, it, yeah, like the last, it's it's gotten to the point since the pandemic where it all feels like one year. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. know if you guys are there, but like, if, I'm like, yeah. it feels like March 2020 was a year ago, and mm-hmm. it wasn't. It was over three. <laughs> Just a very long, tedious, yeah. brutal yeah. year. Yeah, I'm with you. It, with that math, this was three years ago or whatever. <laughs> sure. Yeah. This one um, was supposed to come out last year, though, right? Last summer or it something? Was October, I think. Last October? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think part of that was realizing fully that this was a two-parter not a, a, a an individual entry followed by, I don't know totally the timeline on that somebody could probably educate me on that but uh, I think that was a little bit of it and I think part of it was just finishing the animation because it's not the normal animated style you know I was thinking that cut out along those lines that why they delayed it is like guys it's not done rendering push it back yeah it's just <laughs> like take this file months. is huge. <laughs> you know, <'cause> it's, <laughs> I mean, just looking at this thing, the amount of just different elements in every frame has mm. to just take 
I mean, yeah. years to, to render. I mean, maybe. Unbelievable, unbelievable achievement on that. Before we talk about Across the Spider-Verse, I want to... Or before we review the movie, I should say, I want to kind of, get, since it has been five years, get a reminder of where you guys stood uh, on the original entry into the Spider-Verse in December of 2018. And then we're going to talk just, just briefly about the business uh, side of this thing, too. I loved Into the Spider-Verse. I'm not, I don't totally remember where it ended up in my top 10 that year, but it was very close to the top. It was a movie I've revisited several times. My kid loves, I think all, no, that's not true. I was about to say all Spider-Man movies, but he would be furious if I put on the amazing Spider-Man movies. He does not, he does not care for the, the Andrew Garfield version, but, uh, yeah, lo- he what's loves his, Spider-Verse. When he stormed out of the theater reason? in this one then, right? <laughs> Yeah. What's his yeah. reasoning is uh, why don't 10 year olds like that? Just I don't the vibe. Yeah. I don't really know. I mean, it's a, cause he, he really digs Andrew Garfield, Spider-Man in no way home. I think that mm-hmm. he, he really enjoyed that bit when he was younger. He would watch the, the Raimi Spider-Man movies, uh, pretty quite, quite a bit, even three, you know, when you're five, the mm-hmm. Spider-Man yeah. three isn't nearly as bad as it is when you get sure. a little bit older. Um, but when you're six, it's awful. Yeah, yeah. Then yeah. he grew up. You know? <laughs> yeah. Got to kindergarten and uh, yeah. <laughs> I was wondering where he got those dance. The conversation yeah. on the playground He's chained like, him. The into, guy from yeah. effing wings. Are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. But I don't know. There's. I would every once in a while, but like, hey, you would because I mean, you'll you'll know this soon, Richard, and any yeah. parent who's listening to this, it's like your kid will hyper fixate on something, sure. some kind of piece of media. And even if you love that piece of media, you're like, all right, we got to do something different. Like, we yeah, got to cycle in something different here. Um, but I would, I would like, Hey, what about these? And he'd be like, eh, not into it. Loves the Tom Holland, Spider-Man movies, um, and loves, loves Spider-Verse. So I loved that movie. I think that I've actually, whatever grade I gave it in, in 2018, I would, I would say it's probably a half letter grade higher. Even I think it's a really great, movie and I uh, love the animation and everything. So um that's that's where I came into all of this. Kent, uh the only thing I remember about your review was having a hard time it was an you said it was an assault on your eyes. <laughs> that's all, that's that. the only thing anyone remembers apparently. That's <laughs> yeah. That's funny. No, I enjoyed uh, yeah. enjoyed into the Spider-Verse a lot. Loved the story. Thought like this is mm-hmm. the most mm-hmm. interesting take on Spider-Man maybe ever. Sure. So I love the approach. Uh, for this type of reboot. It was one of my most anticipated that year because I'd seen the trailer and I was like, wow, this is mm-hmm. something different. This is un- an animation style unlike I- anything I've seen. If they do this right, this could be really special. But my not- my eyes never really adjusted to the animating on twos thing that they did with uh, certainly the first half of, of Into the Spider-Verse, which I went back mm-hmm. and, and watched. Mainly the stuff with, with Miles in school and uh, really the setup or stuff around the city. If it's 24 frames in a second, the characters are only animated 12 frames of every second. It's a trick to give it a different effect, basically, but um, it's a stylistic thing. And my eyes never really adjusted to that in the first half of that. So by the time the second half came around, my eyes were just so tired that I couldn't I couldn't handle it. This one, <laughs> uh, you know, people in the Discord chimed in uh, today in our uh, one of our channels saying that uh yeah well once miles gets older the animation gets smoother that's a mm-hmm. stylistic thing that okay that cool. that makes sense but 
<laughs> my eyes didn't love that stylistic choice at the at the outset, but this one I did not have any issues with. I actually sat really close to the screen too and thought that was going to be a problem, but ended up not having an issue with it at all. So nice. um, you and Chris Nolan front row, right? Went and saw this in Dolby Vision. Nice. There were people saying, I don't know if you had a problem, Richard or Brian, people saying in, yeah, they had an issue with the sound mix, couldn't hear it, yeah. or it ruined the experience for me because, uh, yeah, I couldn't hear the dialogue. I had no issues with that. I don't know if I That's was good. in the minority, but maybe seek out the Dolby Vision if you had mm. a sure. an issue with that because Dolby is a sound company, so I think the sound is probably going to be the one thing mm. that's going to be yeah. uh, great there in that sure. aspect, but. Sure. Looked looked really good. I actually popped in the theater next to mine after I, when I walked out to see what it looked like in non Dolby Vision. Man, mm-hmm. Dolby Vision looked way better. Way nice. like it was vast difference in how the image quality. I was actually pretty surprised. Right. I guess it's kind of worth the upcharge. Sure. Okay. Richard, twenty eighteen sp- into the Spider Verse. Yeah. Don't remember where you were at with it. And if your guess is as good as mine. Is. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> But I, I didn't. But I don't think I hated it because I was excited for this. I remembered none of it, and then mm. it came back to me as I watched this. Oh yeah, yeah, I don't like cartoons really as much as you guys do, and I know it's like animated films and is not mm-hmm. the proper term, but they're cartoons in general. Like even good ones, I don't like that much. So I'm like the worst audience for this. Do love Spider Man? Interesting. The idea of verses. <laughs> Multiverse mm-hmm. stuff was still relatively not beaten down yet on the first yeah. one. Yeah. So I don't think that was a demerit. That was kind of cool and fun. It's, I, all I remember was Spider Pig, you know, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. flying around, seeing all these different Spider Men. And then um, with this one, I came oh, in. forgot about Spider Pig, man. They should have brought yeah. that back. That was a great I, thing. I love the Renaissance <laughs> one, though, with Yorma, though, made up for yeah, it. That was fun. Yorma was great. Yeah. yeah. He's great in the first one, too. He's he just put him in something funny in this every time. But anyway, sorry. Loved. So I was like, as we've talked about on the show, uh, though excited for this and think it's a really cool universe. I'm so multiversed out. Spider Pig is from the Simpsons movie. I should say that. Yeah. Part, yeah. That's true. Um, we need to get that remember, in this. How about that? <laughs> Spider Pig. Spider yeah. Pig. <laughs> Peter Porker. The only apprehension I had, I trust Lord Miller. I trust you know everyone involved in this. In in like that they're doing a sequel, I think it certainly warranted it. But I'm like, this is, I have such tired head on multiverses in general through no fault mm-hmm. of this particular multiverse. So it was not like su- that. Like kind of dimmed my excitement because I was like, okay, I get yeah. to go in mm-hmm. and watch a freaking math problem for two hours. Fun, um, but you know, immediately charming and wonderful, and they make such sense of it, and it seems so unique to this, and they overdo it to the point, you know, it's the bit of of uh, a little bit of something's annoying, but if you bust through that wall, it like comes back around as interesting or funny again. Mm -hmm. Um, They do that with multiverse. There's so much multiverse in this that it like becomes you, you're numb to how annoying multiverses are. At least my particular way. And it's so central to this, right? It's no, that's -hmm. what this is about. Whereas it's not just a MacGuffin to like bring someone back or whatever. Yeah. It's not a gimmick. Yeah. yeah. Uh Uh So it it worked, totally works in this. Loved it. I think I like this one more than the first. Um, I made me want to rewatch the first, which as you guys know, I'm not a big rewatcher these days. But yeah, I just came out of it a little bit ago and it's it's such a, you know, I'm not a particularly visual person, but it's such a, a aesthetic joy, this movie. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's a little long. 
But I, I, you know, the old Richard Barton watch check. It's what like probably what an hour, two hours and fifteen minutes, or so somewhere in there. Yeah, two twenty, I think. Two twenty. It was that long. Really, wow, it didn't didn't feel that long yeah. to me. It felt it felt is, like I, two maybe. I've started thinking the this is a little long checking my watch at like two hours. So like that's sure fine, whatever. Yeah. Um. It's sometimes that's at like hour five. <laughs> yeah. No, I loved it. It was great. I wanted Brian. I know I wanted to circle back. I know you want to talk. I think you want to talk a little bit about the Sony business part of this or something. You tease something yeah, and then we start that. talking. We can get into it as we go. No, okay. no problem. This is an organic conversation. I like it. I don't like those. I like everything <laughs> we plan. As you guys know. Be I, well, our writers are on strike. I scripted. We it. Said, so. Yeah, they're on strike, but we did meet. We broke. Uh, we're scabby dudes and we uh uh-huh. yeah. we got together and we, we got on fiverr including this part i'm with you i'm with you i mean i think there's a conversation there about recycling stuff in general in these movies i mean we're seeing it across the board with the mcu with the dceu i mean i this is the first time i've seen the flash trailer was in this screening mm-hmm. and it's just like how many characters can we cram into it that right. are nostalgic and that seems to be the approach on a, a lot of these. Like, I think the story itself should be the cell and not like, oh, did you know Michael Keaton pops up or did you know uh, Toby Maguire's back or that might mm-hmm. come get you to see it. Right. So yeah. I'm just kind of sick of that entire bit and I'm, I'm ready for it to go away forever. Yeah, I could use a break. Um, yeah, multiverse stuff. Uh, we've we've done that a lot. We've done that a lot lately, and we've done it a lot with our superhero comic book movies. And so that I think that it doubles the multiverse fatigue when you also have some some built even you know I love big budget blockbuster movies. Uh, even I, and I think even like broad audiences are kind of have some. I mean, we've seen that with the box office and whatnot have some comic book fatigue and uh, maybe a lot of comic book fatigue. So I think that that, that like redoubles the feeling with the multiverse bit too, when you're just like, Oh, okay. With all, all of right, this like de-aging this and uh, deep fake stuff, how far away is Vin from being like, what if in the next one, we, we steal a time machine. <laughs> yeah. You know, that just seems to be okay. If we can bring a time machine, a, a multiverse right. into it, that's a cheat for, Right. Basically 10 more movies of of storylines. I'm I'm tired of it. Yeah. I think you can do multiverse and going back in time without doing the dumb bit of uh you know bringing back the the fan servicey type stuff. I think you know yeah. back to the future did it, right? So I just I think that I th- what I worry about from a Hollywood business perspective because we we say a lot it usually takes Hollywood three or five years to figure something out that is pretty pretty obvious in the moment. Because um, this did incredibly well. Uh, this made $120 million domestically. That's the second biggest open of, of the year so far behind Super Mario Brothers. I think that the first one did $35 million opening weekend. So this is a huge, huge boom from where it was, uh, from where the first one was. How much did so the first really one make well. overall? Three ish. That's uh, it. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. It was a. It was a much. An incredibly successful movie because for a while it was like a hundred percent of Rotten Tomatoes, and I think wound up in the the uh, like yeah three seventy five worldwide. How much do you think has to do with uh, people obviously checking this out during the pandemic and 
you know, yeah. coming across it over the past four years and how well received the last Spider-Man yes. movie was. I think the last one there was, yeah. The, Mar- the Marvel one I'm talking about. Right. No Way Home yeah, was no way like home. kind of, I mean, we, we like to give, everyone I think likes to give credit to Top Gun, but that really was the first pandemic movie that just crushed and mm-hmm. kind of was like, all right. People went to see that movie that hadn't seen a movie in literally like 19 months, you know, 20 months. And it was a huge, huge deal. So yes, there's some of that. Spider-Man is just sort of a bankable, likable character. Um, this franchise in and of itself, like this branch of the Spider-Man uh, universe is is fun and, and really energetic. And it's, you know, it, it attracts all ages to the, to the theater and stuff. And so there's that. But like, my point on on the multiverse thing, just to wrap that up, is this is incredibly successful. Uh, Doctor Strange was hugely successful last year. The Flash, I think, is probably going to be pretty successful here in a couple of weeks. And I think that those movies are really closer to being outliers than they are, like more exceptions to the rule than they are the rule when it comes to multiverse. So. I think we're going to get a lot more multiverse yeah. stuff over the next couple of years as Hollywood's like, No Way Home made a ton of money. Doctor Strange made a ton of money. Uh, the Flash made a ton of money. But this is what people want. Yeah, they'll learn the wrong lesson from this. Yes. Absolutely. It's really about the stories that are being told here. The right. Flash is, would be sort of the outlet. Even The Flash, I think, has... A, DC movies do really well the first two weekends. And B, I think that there's some... I think there's some dread, <laughs> intrigue, and some excitement i think yeah i think that's gonna be of that lot one from what i've heard like a pretty good movie compared to what else the direct they put out which is the low bar but like right right i think that's gonna be one that the dc verse fans like i don't mean dc fans but like fans of that this particular cinematic universe are gonna be like see well great congrats i think maybe (laughs) it'll probably be a pretty good movie but i'm wondering if in the way that like towards the end of like before they rebooted transformers, how the the masses kind of revolted on those and were just like, Nope, we're done with these. And they just didn't, mm-hmm. didn't make as much yeah. as anyone thought. I'm wondering how far this can go, how many trailers they can release. Like, remember this character, another, you know, the, the blue beetle trailer. Mm-hmm. I saw that one too. That's another one. It's like, Oh, you're asking us to buy into another, complete a franchise this i'm like we gotta and i know that's like an original dc character but i don't know who that is like i'm as a non-comic book person like i'd google that so it's exactly that has built-in things like batman Mm -hmm. like an audience like Mm -hmm. okay yeah i'm wondering uh when the bit is gonna be old for the masses and they're like you know what i'm tired of i'm tired of this a bit and we're not i'm not gonna go see this (laughs) it it might not be this year might not be next year but I'll be very interested Maybe. to see what that movie is going to be. Because sure. well, Zack Snyder's not making these anymore. Like normally, I would say just yeah. wait for the next one of his, and then, then these will be <laughs> these will be done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Did you, Brian? Did you listen to the Affleck Smartless? I haven't yet. No, yeah, no. the two funny things about it about this, he goes. They said something about the Flash, and he says like literally with this, he goes, "That movie's good." Like he was blown away, <laughs> which mm. was funny to me. I don't know if we, like, you just, were on the pod, uh, Richard, but we said. Cruz saw it and said it was like yeah. the best movie he's ever seen. Yeah. He was like, I don't know. He's good. And he goes, he goes, and then the other funny Affleck thing goes, leave it to me. He goes, I finally, they cut me out of Batman. I finally figured out how to play the guy. It's like, <laughs> he's like, literally on the last day, I was like, oh, 
I get like, it. I, got, I get funny. it, which was funny. But uh, yeah, he was like, I just saw it. But it was so funny. The tone in his voice was like, after like having to sit through the paychecks of these Snyder movies, he was just mm-hmm. like, that movie's good. Yeah. <laughs> he was so he was as mystified as anyone. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. Let's, but, let's, so, okay. And let's, a great uh, star. Yeah. Yeah. Let's dig into, uh, let's dig into this movie. I can't, you mentioned you got to, you got the Dolby experience. I did get the opposite of that. I got, oh crap, the movie came out. We got to buy tickets. Crap. Every single theater is close to us at a good time and sold out. Oh, I, uh, I, shout out to the AMC A list app on, on that one. I've been, for some of these bigger ones, like the Indiana Jones, Oppenheimer, I just yeah. bought uh, this past week. I'm buying them in advance because I'm not trying to to I've sit them. And, I, and still, I sat like, like in the front. Star almost. Wars. Yeah, and I bought it like three weeks. Like Star ahead. Wars opening night. I haven't ever had to do that, but I'm I'm getting close to yeah. it because part of it is just like I've always had the I've always had the ability to just be like I'm just going to see it at Tuesday at ten o'clock. You know, if I, if I need to, that's fine. But now I, you know, my my kid wants to go see all these movies, and so you got to find a a kid appropriate time um, that works for for his schedule. And, and none of these theaters have stadium seating anymore. They all have these giant recliners, so that's just less seats. Yeah, to, that's true. That's true. To get you can just fit like five hundred people in one of those. Now it's like right. you have four small. recliners on a row. Yeah, they're all they're all smaller. I went. To, I had to go see it at the theater that used to be the Alamo near near my house uh over here on davis it's now like a b&b theaters and i hate it i hate this theater so much i've gone i think this is like the third time and, and all three times I'm like no i'm never coming back the alamo draft me. house that opened like literally <laughs> january of 2020 i think <laughs> pretty close it was it was like it was uh it was memorial day of of 2019 because we took or close to because we took coop to see aladdin there and Sick. it had just opened and he broke his arm in the bounce house that they had like outside the oh god grand opening theater and you know bounce house and all this stuff so which which uh, one is it where is it it was on davis and north terrence oh i went to a movie uh, there with you yeah i think so it was alamo it was awesome but it lasted literally a year oh the alamo went under COVID. okay yeah so now alamo just abandoned the theaters. location yeah 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 tenant was like yeah. the only movie i saw that entire year in a theater and that was sure. really a good experience yeah yeah, yeah. Same. Yeah, I forgot about that. The, I didn't realize that Alma went under. It shows how hip uh, I am to things. I miss it. Well, miss I it. saw it at a um, strip center Riedoso, New Mexico theater, so I probably <laughs> won. I've been there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Terms, but it was empty, so it was fine. It was like me sure. and three other vaguely disinterested people. <laughs> yeah. No, I had I had bad I had weak sound. It was a little it was a little low, but I've also seen two other movies there and those movies also had mm. bad sound. So I think it's more about the theater than it was. But I did see a lot of other people commenting on how low it is. I guess I guess Lauren Miller even tweeted about it and just said you yeah, the mix is low or something and just go talk to your it's mixed in a specific way, which is kind of annoying. But like did you see they, they knew the manager and tell them to turn They anticipated this and yeah. And um, we're sending out stickers that said I projected it at the right d- DB level or something. And it had like the Across the Spider-Verse logo on it that they were giving to all the projectionists. I don't I don't know why Maybe that is. the film to where just the $8 an hour employee can just like hit the button. Mm-hmm. And, uh, maybe we could do that in the future. But uh, regardless, it did not impact my – it wasn't like – I commented last last week on Little Mermaid. I felt like the mix was bad. This wasn't bad. It just was low volume. And so a couple of the characters were a little more difficult to understand than 
than others. Like my wife has a hearing problem and she was, she didn't go to see this with me and Coop. And I was kind of glad because I was like, I think she would the whole time be like, what did he say? Cause she just couldn't, she wouldn't have been able to, to pick up on a couple of the characters. But overall, that wasn't, that was a pretty minor, uh, more like an inconvenience, I would say, mm-hmm. than anything else. Um, the movie itself, let's get finally, I guess we're, we're an hour into this thing. Uh, I, I love this. I thought it was really, really well done. It's really hard to do a second movie uh, of a trilogy. This even, I think, has some added, difficulties in that the first one was five years ago and it is a true part one of a two-part movie and that is always something that is difficult to pull off without without the audience leaving the theater feeling like it's an incomplete thing and an incomplete picture and uh i think that it pulled that off for the most part really well these movies have like pixar level heart to me but done in a really organic sweet way like the 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 interactions between miles and his parents in both of these movies um this one maybe even in particular are are really great and and feel real in a movie about a whole bunch of people who got bit by a radioactive spider you know and i i really dig that i also think the other thing and then i'll turn it over to you guys and just kind of get general thoughts was the there's an understanding here and i think this is part of why it this these movies kind of trump some of the others when it comes to this multiverse fatigue stuff is like they really understand that this should be fun and that you should use the multiverse for fun as much as possible and less for uh we got to bring characters back from the dead and crazy right less for plot points the plot's not necessarily revolving the characters coming out of that aren't like main really main characters they're they're kind of yeah I get what yeah. you're saying. So it's a, that's really well done, and and so these become these are just super fun to sit and watch. They they're the dialogue is smart and and uh, and quick, and and the uh, the characters are are all really well really well put together, really well written and structured. The voice talent that they get is great, but I think the big thing is like these are just really fun movies, and they use that stuff very well to to make that to enhance that uh, feeling of. Of fun but uh, i had a great time with this and uh i will see we'll get into deeper thoughts here in a second but uh i don't know if you guys have we sort of have touched on your general thoughts but if you have anything else to to go with there and then we can we can get into uh more of the the deeper thoughts here can't go to you first on this for me it really goes it goes back to the men at the helm here lord and miller mm-hmm. i mean this these guys are incredible <laughs> I mean, when's I was trying to think, when's the last time we really had auteur creatives, two people or a person who really just has like a unique vision and voice dedicate themselves to animation? I think maybe Tim Burton in in a way. Um obviously Walt Disney, <laughs> you know, John Lasseter maybe in the early days was kind of but he wasn't making other movies. It's just a really interesting thing that we got two people that could do anything, and they have proven they that they can with the the twenty two Jump Street, twenty one Jump Street, and and their TV work. Mm-hmm. But I love that they see value in animation and see like, oh no, we can really push this uh, further as a medium. Mm-hmm. Not everything that can be done has been done, and. They seem like I was trying to go back and see what they majored in. I couldn't really find it, but they seem they seem like just art geeks. 
the level of realism in like the graffiti culture aspect of these movies is really interesting to me. I mean, it's something that obviously they're interested in, but like, I don't know, it's done. It's done not in a Dallas Mavericks way. Let's just say that of like, let's, <laughs> let's just throw graffiti on places and call it a day. Like there's actual like value and like, they see that as an art form, especially in the, in, into the spider verse where miles is like tagging and his dad's a cop. Right. Like there's an really, some really interesting commentary there on like, you know, is street art art and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but I mean, this one just doubled down and like stylistically we can seek inspiration from all of these unique and incredible things of the past and pay homage to that while also pushing something forward. Right. right. Um, mm-hmm. And what really stuck out to me as well is, about their other movies with this movie is their reliance on skeuomorphic design, which I know that's a big word, but it, it really just means like things are designed to look real. For example, in the Lego movie, the Legos look like real Legos, right? In this movie, it looks like real paper. It looks like real ink. It looks like real cutout characters, right? Um, mm-hmm. I loved that commitment to, oh, this is a comic book movie? How about we base the design on comic books? Like, that's pretty simple <laughs> when you think about it, but it goes so far if you do it correctly and you lean right. into what makes a comic book great, why do we love comic books, and what about that can we emphasize here? I just think, I mean, story-wise, obviously, these these hit home. They have heart. I mean, the family aspect, the Spider-Man aspect is great, but like this movie could be on mute and it would still be like extremely valuable to me mm-hmm. as like a mm-hmm. something to show to animation students or, or, or what have you. And I think maybe Mitchell's versus the machines and the experience making that helped with this. Cause I saw, I yeah. see a lot of the inspiration comedically and, and kind of how they, they time yeah, things out sure. with that, Great which call. I loved, which was in my top 10 uh, of that year. Mm-hmm. Super underrated. If you haven't, haven't seen that one, but it just stuck out to me how talented. I mean, they wrote this movie, you know, and they, this is them. Uh, how talented these guys are. Yeah, that's great. It's great. It's a great point. And I, I respect greatly. I mean, this is something that uh, Jordan Peele does really well. Um, I think Spielberg has done it well in his career. There are other great examples of it too, but knowing um, how to produce an executive produce a pic, a, a picture movie um instead of always being writer director uh i think is a is a great skill to to yeah. to be able how do like to delegate your vision to other yeah. into other, download it into others so we yeah. get more of it yeah absolutely so i i think uh, good good points all around they're a lot older than i thought they're 47 well, oh yeah they've i thought they were like kind of 40 late. but they they started early they started in 2000 with clone high which they've rebooted yeah. by the way and it's uh it's back that. Richard, what about you? Where are we at? General thoughts, and then just take us where you'd like to go. Yeah, no, I loved it. So you have all these different types of universes, look, feels, tones, realities, logic, everything you build in across all these different universes. But then everything, like Ken said, it comes together with this kind of general, very comic, but very elevated aesthetic um, that's really purposeful. 
the cool thing about these is that like it's a really stupid little movie about a bunch of Spider-Man universes. Of course, that's dumb. That's not like as a concept particularly high art, but it really does push you both aesthetically and um with some of the screenwriting it really elevates to that, right? It's really drawing you as a viewer like saying you don't have to sit there and watch and just have this wash over you. Like we're going to like kind of challenge your eyes, your mm-hmm. ears and your brain um with this, which no other real even there are things I maybe I even have enjoyed more, but maybe I've enjoyed them more because my brain's been off or mm. it's fired some synapse, whatever. But this is like kind of in a lot of, at least for me, because you know, everyone's brain works differently. For, for me, it's like kind of almost like doing the wordle or something. It's like really like trying to watch and catch and, mm, and you sure. know, I'm watching it very like uh, forward in my seat. Try, like I'm scanning constantly. It's almost tiring to watch. It's not a bad way at all, but like, I know what you mean. Not a whole lot. Of, I'm not doing that for like Dr. Strange. <laughs> I know. I know what you I'm mean. Bad. There's I got popcorn. If I miss something, I miss it. Like whatever. <laughs> but right, like, right. But like, yeah. yeah, no, this is definitely in a cool way. Not saying it's to that level. It's still dumb cartoons about Spider-Man, but like I watch it. I literally my posture is the same as when I'm watching like Oscar movies. Like, okay, what am I yeah. trying to get out? You know, which yeah. is in a cool way. I th- I think that the world is so engrossing that it kind of like I know that the first one can't like as you've said kind of assaulted your eyeballs or whatnot, but I do think that there's something <laughs> to the way that this is that this movie's animated and these movies are animated and and the attention to detail and then when you add to that like a really i mean i w- i love the marvel movies i wish that they were written as well from a dialogue standpoint as these movies are i mean they're these are just really up there with as good as it gets in terms of uh realistic dialogue blockbuster movies like gosh the 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 writing on these is just so good but i think that the world is just so engrossing that you're that's a great point richard you're just you're kind of like always on attention with with these things yeah. in a way that i'm not with other movies that by the way i really like you know and really enjoy my time with those movies they do these like doing the little easter eggs but doing them in in both ways, either where they're just like in a, kind of in the background, and you if you if you miss it, you miss it, doesn't mm-hmm. matter. But then also like doing two second calls to this little fun Easter egg over here, it just like makes you feel like you're in on an inside joke. And but then you're also like, I want to catch the next one. And I don't know, like that's really, I don't know that that, that you could probably do five more of these movies, and I don't know that I'm going to get tired of that. I think it's just really really smart um and and i'm not sure that i necessarily would have expected that coming into this first movie you know in 2018 and then to have it carried over here it gets just it's a really kind of a marvel that they're able to pull these uh-huh. things off and i i'm with you can't it does go back to this is directed very very well um by by dos santos powers and, and thompson mm-hmm. uh, but the writing and the vision i think you know, come from, from Lord and Miller at least starts there. And, and it comes from them saying really impressive thing. Yeah. It comes from them being like, we're going to have this character called spider punk and they bring in the God save the queen artwork. And they say, this is going to be the mm-hmm. style. Like, you know, those types of big visions on where yeah. to push the animation makes all the difference. Oh, um, Gwen's world is going to be extremely pastel colors, water, very soothing, 
on the eyes, right? Because right. she's uh, this this soothing presence in in Miles's life, mm-hmm. and I think the choice to push the animation in different styles too gives your eyes a break because one aesthetic for two hours would be assault. I think, I think your eyes would get tired of that. So the jumping around to different worlds, I think is a a story element, but I think it's like a necessity of the production in order so that you can get through two hours without feeling like you just went through the ringer. Mm -hmm. Sure. And that worked. I think that that made a huge difference for me with this second one. I loved all the. Mm-hmm. I mean, it takes forever to get there, but once they get to the HQ, I think they call it in this. That was mm-hmm. super fun with all yeah. the different every Spider Man you've ever seen in right. in a movie basically is in that one. Um, and they even do the freaking Spider Man meme. Uh, you know, like it's everything. Yeah. yeah. I loved that. And it's just, it's super quick too. They Mm. know when to get in and get out of the joke. The Lego Spider-Man thing too was another example of that in this for me. Like this thing could have stopped down for 10 or 20 minutes and just been a Lego Spider-Man movie, but they didn't do that. They, Mm. I think they know when to keep you wanting more, right? Like when to get in, get out and say, that was really cool. I wish they had more of that, right? Yeah. The Spider HQ two is another good example of the the kind of inside joke bit of I as somebody who hasn't read any Spider Man comics or very few Spider Man comics over the years, I know that I missed a thousand jokes in that twenty minute ten minute stretch where they're in Spider HQ, and I'm okay with it because it wasn't making me feel like I'm missing something, uh, but that that only the cool kids are in on. You know what I mean? Like there's we all got the Spider-Man meme. There may be other little parts of Spider-Man HQ that, that general audiences are going to catch. Mm-hmm. And your sort of your mileage may vary just based on whatever you bring to the table as you're watching from, from a knowledge base standpoint. But I didn't feel like uh, it was it was at all like speaking down to those of us who aren't reading all of these comics. It was just an opportunity for some of the... Right. Some people who are to catch a little bit extra, which I think was done. It's just done really well. And, and that's sort of, that's probably kind of a delicate thing to figure out. And so far, two movies in, I have had zero problems on that front. Uh, and I, that's a, that's a cool little bonus. Um, yeah. For, for the, the quality of, of this thing. It appeals to so many levels of buy in to an audience. Mm. Like you can mm. enjoy this very superficially, very, a plot only, cool aesthetics, cool. I know nothing about Spider. You know, probably honestly, very like where I am. <laughs> you know, maybe I'm mm. I'm one level beyond that. Or you can be someone that's like, yeah, I know, I know all these. I I know the punk Spider Punk. You know, that kills people with guitars. Like I read that issue mm. in a comic mm-hmm. book store. Um, which that was my favorite character, by the way. Um. But because I just kept thinking of Fred Armisen's, um, <laughs> the punk rock guy that mm. loves Queen yeah. Elizabeth or yeah, Margaret, Thatcher. Margaret Thatcher. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Ian Rubbish. Yeah. Ian Rubbish, my all time favorite singer. He loves the Queen. Just <laughs> no, he loves Margaret. Yeah, he loves Margaret Thatcher. Yeah. You're all right. <laughs> um, <laughs> she keeps the streets safe at night. Um, Kalua is great in, in uh, yeah, it was that voice, was great. voice role. But I just mean you could you could like already know that coming in and, and mm-hmm. enjoy mm-hmm. obviously enjoy it. So it's it's great. Not I mean some 
I'm trying to think like Iron Man really delivered on that. I think people that were hardcore Iron Man, Iron Man fans for mm-hmm. 20 years, love that character or like maybe a little nervous. And then once they got there, like, yes, this ruled or people that like me that I did, I uh, didn't know what that was. So I thought it was mm-hmm. whatever. I thought it was like the iron giant. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> came into it and was like, "This rules too," you know, and so this really appeals that even though it's operating, pardon me, operating in a very complex way mm-hmm. with a lot of things around it, it's very approachable and emotional and all the stuff that people like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, what are the scenes that jump out in this one? Because this is a this is a, a movie that the the different segments and especially with the different animation style and stuff like that, it leads to, at least for me, it leads to um, feeling like there was a lot of really cool and different. You mentioned the, the spider HQ, but the set, every setting is different here. Um, it has a slightly different animation style. So it leads to a man that, that really stuck out in my brain as a cool place, a great scene, whatever. Um, whereas some, some of these other movies that we watch, maybe that's not necessarily the case. Um, so can't you mention spider HQ? Is there any other scene or setting sequence, whatever that jumps out as like, this was, this was the peak of the movie. Yeah. A couple for me, it started out in a really awesome way with that drum sequence. Mm -hmm. Um, at the beginning with Gwen, I wanted more of that, Mm -hmm. but again, they know when to get out and to leave you wanting more. So I thought that was great. I loved moon batten. That that looked incredible. I mean, I want a whole movie set set there. I thought the, the art style mm-hmm. there was great, but my favorite sequence was the the big, I guess the first big fight sequence uh, at the Guggenheim in mm-hmm. the art museum with all the art references yeah. everywhere, and is that a Banksy and all that? I thought that was a great, a great <laughs> bit. Loved mm-hmm. it. The art history nerd in me was was going nuts. Kept looking for art art references throughout the entire movie. So mm-hmm. not many comic book movies can be like, is there going to be a Shepard Fairey or a Roy Lichtenstein, <laughs> like something I'm it's going to pop up here, which I thought was, again, um, for the people that made this, they, they are thinking on that level. So I love that. The appreciation for like the, the people that set the, pave the street that they're walking on. So that's uh, mm-hmm. important. Okay. Yeah, that's good. Anything for you, Richard? Any, any scene or sequence that stands out? Well, spite all the Spider Punk stuff, I love. Like I said, I love the Yorma, the Quick Renaissance Spider Man yeah. stuff. Uh, yeah, those two stuck out to me. It, it it really walks the line too of like great. Those are great examples of like hilarious but poignant iterations of the character. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm with you guys. The I thought it was really. I thought it was a smart choice to open with a full Gwen sequence to kind of start this one off. And um, instead of just jumping straight back into miles's life, we get, uh, we get to see wh- what's going on with her. Love the vulture scene. I thought that was, that was just a great appetizer for everything that's to come with, with the various Spider-Man mm. and nemesis and stuff. Um, that was really funny. And, Great mix too of of jokes for my kid and jokes for me too, which is which is fun. It's nice to have have that going on. Um, yeah, Spider HQ is great. I I'm with you too. The 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 Mumbatton, that was that was such a cool cool design and uh, and and structure for that that whole world was awesome. Really love that. What did you think about the um, the 
canon thing. I don't know if it's getting into spoilers. It might be. So spoilers mm-hmm. coming up, but there's a big scene and they make fun of it. They're like, all right, let's do the pointer scene thing. And in, in, in this mm-hmm. where they talk about, okay, miles, if you want to be Spider-Man, this happens in every Spider-Man's life, right? right. These certain events, which it was like the first time I had pulled back and said, well, that's right. Every iteration of Spider-Man has had like these three pillars of events, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It's a big death. Yep. It's a bitten by a spider and it's like a love that uh, mm-hmm. you can't save or, what, or whatever it is. And um, I loved that. I loved how they brought that yep. into like, okay, if you want want to be Spider-Man, this person has to die because that's just the way it is when you're Spider-Man. Yeah. It's like, man, that is tough, but also like um, just super simple. Right. Yeah, we talked off the bat kind of about the the multiverse stuff and and our fatigue there. This is the example of how to do it right, I think. Not just the fun elements, but like making it a plot point that matters and that brings some understanding or like... Because I had the same thought, Ken. I was like, I I know that these are the beats because we've seen Spider-Man rebooted, you know, four or five times in our... In our lifetimes, uh, but it isn't as tired to me for whatever reason as uh, Batman's parents getting killed and the pearls falling and all this kind of stuff. And I thought it was a great way to to utilize the the multiverse medium and to make it have some meaning and some stakes that aren't just well. Now we can bring back Vulture or whatever else. Um, I thought that was a really that's one of the smarter p- parts of of the of the plotting of this movie. Maybe these part is smartest part of the plotting. It really it gives you something um, and and really draws something out of using this multiverse thing. Um, so I love that. I thought it was great. Um, action sequences are all really good and fun. I honestly I think the two for me like the best scenes of the movie uh, were the upside down he and oh, Gwen talking to each other upside down mm-hmm. on on the building. That was. A just looked so cool and was really done well, but also it's just a really beautifully written scene. And then him talking to his mom uh, on the the water tower thing on the top of the building. Um, that one to I me looked like performance capture, motion capture. I have to yeah. watch that one again, but like in the moment, I'm sure. like, this animation's too good to be animation. Almost <laughs> it felt that way. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, the first movie did a great job of highlighting Miles' relationship with his dad. And then this one was way more about his mom. And I, in some ways, because when we get down to the end of it, you see it makes a really strong point about uh, who Miles in the other world becomes without his dad. And so then that, that kind of comes full circle. But I, I, I really th- I, I really enjoyed the, that, that scene between him and his mom and that interaction. And again, just goes back to this kind of Pixarian sort of understanding of how to, how to do real life things and, and real conversations and organic conversations and stuff in an animated movie about a bunch of Spider-Man. I, I was, it was a very touching, beautifully written sequence. And, and uh, I was glad to see, to see you get an opportunity to see him interact with his mom, not just with his dad, as I expect, obviously, given what we know now about like the whole consequences of the multiverse. And this is what happens if you're Spider-Man and stuff. The third movie will be so much more about him and his dad. 
So it was really nice to have uh, that that stop down to to give uh, Rio is is the mom's name Rio and him some some time together and I it was a really touching. Of course, I was getting choked up and whatnot. It was really very well done and that stuff. I, I love that. Um, yeah, the uncle stuff was my yeah. favorite stuff from the first movie. I'm glad they brought that back. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And that that goes to the the voice casting here. I mean. <laughs> We're adding, uh, we're adding Daniel Kaluuya. Uh, we've got Oscar Isaac. Uh, Schwartzman, I thought was great. He's only in it for 10 minutes. And I'm, I get the, the next one will get a lot more of, of yeah. spot and, and Jason Schwartzman, but I, I thoroughly enjoyed his bit. It was, I'm glad we got Mahershala Ali back. Yep. Uh, you know, Sandberg's always fun. And, and then it just keeps going. I mean, they, they added a whole bunch of, uh, of uh, talented voice casts, and then even Donald Glover showing up—that was a fun bit as well. But uh, why? Why is, exactly was that? What it was? Project. Was it because he wants to play Miles Morales? Is that why they put him in this? He played. If you remember in Homecoming, um, when he's in that that character, I believe was that the character he's in this. That's Prowler in that universe, or will become Prowler. Oh, got it. In in a in another you know in a different universe. Write it that down. Will Prowler. Yeah. Keep it. Yeah. I'm gonna do okay. my. I'm gonna look like the guy in Memento with my tattoos, keeping up. <laughs> I knew he popped up, and I remembered he popped up in that, but I didn't know if it was the same character, uh, or if yeah. they're like, oh, this is a new character, Donald Glover, um, right. or if they just yeah. put him in there because I think that was a conversation when Into the Spider Verse came out. Didn't he put out there like, I want to play Miles Morales, or I've been wanting to play him for a while, or some some. There's like always that. been rumors of him as as Miles, and and there's various reasons why that hasn't that hasn't happened. Partly because he's a grown man. Yeah, Miles you'd have to do like an adult version of, of Spider Man. Yeah, I think maybe do in the MCU. I think that might be, but he's already in the MCU as a different different character. Right. But um, I thought Haley Steinfeld was excellent. She rules. She's great. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that stuck out to me as the best voice performance. She's outstanding, um, and she blends so well with. She blends well with Wishamik Moore. She blends really well with uh, with Jake Johnson. That their their chemistry, their I mean, voice chemistry or whatever is great. That's it's it was fun to see those people say that about us. Interact more. I know they're yeah, always talking about our voice time. chemistry. Yeah. I was like, gosh, the voice chemistry on this show—it's unbelievable. They said some really stupid stuff, but uh, the voice mm-hmm. chemistry is just. Yep. Off the charts, yeah. Haley Steinfeld's, uh, she's pretty impressive. She's she's kind of and a good uh, actor. I think she can kind of do whatever she wants to at this point. She's really good. Yeah, and the curious she's lack of curious lack of Post Malone in this uh, movie <laughs> could have used more. Post-y. I think that was one area where it's a little lesser than the first one. The first one, the soundtrack is incredible, and Posty does a really good job with uh, his songs on that. All I mean. Uh, every kid I know is still kind of obsessed with that, with that song. And uh, yeah, so this one's a little bit lower, I think, from a, on a soundtrack standpoint. But that's fine. That's a small. That's a fine. Small criticism. Yeah, maybe he'll play a Spider-Man in the third one. You know, maybe, maybe he'll pop back up. Let's get to some Twitter questions here, Brian. I have a few hmm. uh, from. From our Twitter, if you want to follow us at Mad About Movies and send us your thoughts and or opinions on movies, we appreciate those and we will 
of course, shout them out. And if you're a VIP, you get the front of the line for those if you want to to do that. Speaking of VIP, uh, Manasco asks, opinion on having on not having part one in the title, I guess he meant to say. <laughs> because this was supposed yeah. to be part one. Um, opinions on it ending on a cliffhanger because I saw it was the currently the highest rated movie on Letterboxd. And I was surprised at that because of how it ends, because it doesn't really end on, on you know, it does leave people wanting more. So I'm surprised more people didn't feel like it was great, but I wish it would have ended, you know, better or different. Yeah. Maybe because we know we're getting another one that will give it the benefit yeah. of the doubt. But yeah, I think that, I think they probably could have do a, did a slightly better job of communicating this is with without putting part one in the title, which I totally understand why they don't want to do that. Um, I it maybe could have been handled a little bit better to let people know there's another one coming, not just another Spider Verse movie, but but a true part two to this thing is coming in in nine months or whatever. It was a little more. I felt like just about everybody went into like Infinity War knowing that this is essentially a part one and we're going to get the second part of it in a year. Um, and this one I don't think was quite as, I don't know that everybody knew that this was, my, I'll tell you, my kid was pissed. Coop and, yeah. and I took, I took two of his buddies to go see this with us and it ended and they all were like that. What? are you serious? And we're like going crazy of like trash. This is trash. And then I like, it was like, I mean, you guys really like the movie, right? Yes. But just, I, that's a terrible cliff. You know, I was, a, I was a little surprised they were that bold with it, to be honest. I was like, wow, they really yeah. did that. Yeah. So I, you get why they don't want to do a part one in, in the title of the movie, especially as, as titles of movies get longer and longer. And there's how many semicolons can we have, um, in a movie title, but, yeah, it, there maybe it could have been done a little bit better to to make sure that that everybody knows going in um this is this is ending on a cliffhanger. Yeah, 100%. Uh Joe says it was great. Sony and Dreamworks are doing such awesome stuff right now. Disney and Pixar need to put in some work to catch up. That's a great point and one of my last points was there's some awesome animation out there. Right, this isn't the first movie to do really incredible animation. It's just that it's the first one to for a major studio to put this style of animation on a major property. Right, there's a reason that Encanto is animated the way it is because they want to maximize the dollars and the aesthetic that was established by Pixar with with Toy Story and some of their earlier stuff has been proven to be like the aesthetic that is the most universal for people to. Mm get behind when it comes to CG animation, which is why that style is so prominent across every major company, right? So for a studio to say, yeah, we'll do Spider-Man, but you know what? Go nuts. Go take some risks. Go yeah. do it. Go yeah. go make it like a short film, you know, like some of the stuff you see. If you want to see some great animation, just go watch the Oscar-nominated short films every year in animation. Like they're doing some crazy stuff like this, but it's just never been done with a big property with the blockbuster and sometimes the biggest successes come from the biggest risks. And this is a case mm -hmm. of that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I totally agree. I mean, I, I think we'd all like to see Disney take a few more chances with some of this, be a little more ambitious with some of the stuff that they're, 
they're doing. Like when when Puss in Boots has better animation <laughs> than a lot of what we're getting out of. Yeah. And I mean, Puss in Bo- the second Puss in Boots was an incredible movie, like one that had no business being as good as it was, but part of why it was so good was the the animation style was was unreal and never would have expected that when that you know when that movie was announced. So to yeah. Did you see the trailer for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Yep. That was the first yeah, time I'd seen that. That looks freaking yeah. cool. It looks like a freaking oil painting. It's great. Yeah. It, it, yeah. I think that that legitimately has a chance to kind of reinvigorate um, that entire franchise and world. I think I think you're going to have kids that suddenly care about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles again that haven't mm-hmm. really previously cared about it. And that's that's awesome. That's a great thing. Did this make you cry, Brian? Of course. course. Yeah. Yeah. Add it to the list. Yeah. The, the really father, son, mother, son, that kind of stuff always gets me. The, uh, the Jake Johnson, Peter Parker, his interactions with miles and stuff. I love, I love that version of, of Peter Parker or a Spider-Man. And those interactions are great too. But, uh, yeah, no, they, the, the dialogue between him and his mom and then at parts between him and his dad and his uncle is, is uh, it's just is really good and um, and emotional, but without being, I think at least, it's not emotional terrorism. It's just very organic, and that's what, uh, that's what always gets me, at least a little bit. So, yeah. yeah it was very, very well done. Um, any last thoughts before we grade this thing out? No, I'm I'm excited uh, for the next one. Apparently, it's called Beyond the Spider Verse. It is, yeah. If you stay Rise towards the, the end, there wasn't a post credit, but there was a about halfway through the credits. I think it popped up. Spider Man will return in Beyond the Spider Verse. So, I believe that is the end of March next year. So, about a nine month wait, which is nice. Which is nice. No five years at least. So. So there's that. Okay, let's grade this thing out. Uh, Richard, I'm coming to you first, my friend. Solid A out of me, man. Really enjoyed it. Excited for the nice. next one. It's what, next year? Yeah, I think okay, the end so of March. So not five years? Yeah. Okay, cool. Mm-mm. Yeah. Okay. A from Richard for an animated movie. That's really like an A++. Plus plus. Yeah, so for sure. It's really good. Definitely. It's really good. Kent, where are you? Yeah, I'm I'm at an A plus for this one. I mean, this one uh, it was excellent. That's all I, all I can say. Hard can't really find a, a fault with it. So A plus. Okay. Yeah. I'm right between an A and an A plus. I feel like it's probably going to come up to an A plus over the course of the year. I think I like the first one a little, just slightly better than this. But I'm also, I thought Kingpin was a really yeah. I love Kingpin. Was a better. Uh, this really isn't about the villain because that will be so much more of the the third movie. Kingpin really brought something I thought in in uh, into the Spider Verse that maybe this one's lacking a little bit, but also am really aware of uh, when we see the second part of this, it may it may bring this up a bit just because you you kind of know you're gonna know what the the ending point is. It's not a full and complete by any means, but uh, there's a there's at least a little bit kind of lingering out there. I feel like Infinity War is better after having seen Endgame, for me at least. Um, and so maybe that's the same experience here. So I'll go strong A, but may may lean to to bring it up to an A plus by the end of the year. Really great and uh, inventive. Really enjoyed this quite a bit. So 
Cool. Three A's. That's good. We like that. That's a good way to kind of kick off the uh, the summer months. I don't I don't know how many more movies we're going to get like that this summer, uh, unfortunately, but we'll see. See how it goes. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Um, before we get out of here, let's do a quick weekly recommend. Weekly recommend. Kent, what you got for us, bud? Yeah, I'll recommend another uh, movie that is mentioned in the Tarantino book, uh, Brian De Palma's Sisters. Have you guys seen this one? Yeah. I've not seen that one. No, you have, Richard. Yeah, this one's... Uh, I have. Back in the Borders days when I would just watch tons of movies. <laughs> yeah, this is a uh, Criterion uh, Collection one. Um, not a lot of big movie stars in it. Margot Kidder is probably the oh, biggest yep. movie star in it. But uh, it's just a great um, showcase for De Palma and his Hitchcock influence back in uh, this time when he decided, okay, I want to kind of take over where Hitch has left off. It's a so big to speak. little Steven favorite, by the way. Is it? Producer yeah, our, Steven. Our yeah. producer. Loves it. That's good. Well, uh, this one's definitely worth checking out. Uh, the section of the book where he talks about De Palma and the Hollywood movie brat guys, the the Spielberg, um, you know, Coppola, all that is just some of the best movie commentary reading I've ever I've ever read. I was just like, wow, this is like speaking directly into my soul. So definitely check that out uh, in the mid middle of the Tarantino book. But this movie's good on its own. Sisters, a little ninety minute horror thriller, Hitchcockian type of type of movie. That um, is worth checking out. So, Criterion Collection Sisters. Nice. nice. There you go. I gotta read this book. Like, yeah, the book is book is excellent. Read the book. Cool. All right, Richard, where are we at? What's your weekly recommend? Yeah, mine's a book uh, turned into a movie. That movie I like a lot. I never read the book. My wife and I are doing things. We're reading each other's like favorite stuff this year. Nice. So I'm reading Gone Girl. Oh, nice. And it. The book's really, it's not as like pulpy as I thought it was. It's a very good novel. And Julian Flynn writes like the male pop culture journalist so well. It's really funny. Like, you know, we women have to deal with this far more than men ever have to. But like, you know, like I'm sure women are like not in their heads like, Dudes that write female characters that are like terrible. It's not at all mm-hmm. how they think about it, right? Mm-hmm. But the Nick Dunn character, the Affleck character in the movie, she he's like a you know, like an entertainment weekly writer before he has to gets laid off during the last recession. Mm. And he like thinks and writes exactly like, I mean, she just knows that dude so well. She writes it so well. That character is so dead on. Mm. And then you have the great uh, yeah, Brian. I actually think you would love this book. Um cool. Um, and I know you're a big Fincher guy and you like liked but not loved the movie, but like, mm. no, it's a really, <laughs> I'm like blown away at how good this is, especially going back and forth with the, they both narrate it and go back and forth. It's cool. Nice. Okay. My, me, me and my wife did that exact same thing um, a couple of years ago. She's like, oh, read this book. It's my favorite. And I'll read one of yours. 
Hers was hundred years of solitude, Richard. Uh-huh. Yeah. So over my head. Like <laughs> yeah, the magical this realism. What, this, is what, you, yeah, yeah. this is what happens when you marry somebody with like more brain cells than you. It's like, <laughs> yeah, you're, you're, things get real really quick. I, was I like, haven't wow, decided what I'm going to assign Sarah yet. Probably. Yeah. I, I think I can really come at her with some, something really dead. Give her infinite jest. Yeah. That one's not that bad. It's just a lot. It's of just super notes. long. I think, I think, yeah, yeah, I can get, I can go there. You Ulysses, the uh, yeah, Ulysses or something. That. Yeah. 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 The book of basketball would be hilarious. <laughs> What'd you think of the pyramid? Give me, yeah. Give me notes on the pyramid, please. <laughs> yeah. He, he way the, overrated Kevin McHale, right? She's just like, yeah. I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't know. have any kind of, yeah. Talk about the Bernard King piece. <laughs> You know, in person with my dad, he was great. <laughs> you cue her in and get get her in on the Simmons, uh, the the no. text thread that we have is just <laughs> dedicated to making fun of Bill Simmons. I think oh, chicken man. parm. She does make a good chicken parm. So. <laughs> well, she's a third Italian, so <laughs> right. Nice. Okay, you, let me check that out. Uh, I'm going to recommend an album that came out a couple of weeks ago. It's by one of uh, one of our favorites here on the show. It's Spectral Lines by oh, Josh yeah. Ritter. Yeah, it's one of the great songwriters of uh, of his generation. It's been out for about a month. I hadn't had a chance to listen to it until the last couple of days, and it's very good. I I would say first couple of listens. I don't know where you're at on this, RB. It's it's uh, lesser than the last couple albums mm-hmm. uh, for me, but it's still he's he's a he's a lyrical genius, and yeah. uh, and sort of and. Uh, Rich and I both have seen this this guy in in uh, in concert. Um, his band rules. Yeah. Like it's a very very good band that uh, I think kind of is the greatness of the band kind of gets lost in all the other stuff that he does. So uh, I really like the album. If you listen to it and you're like, yeah, this is pretty good, then there's five other albums that you can go back and listen to, and you'll be like, holy cow, these are mm-hmm. these are incredible. So. Uh, I kind of weirdly see it, Richard, as like almost like an entry point on Josh Ritter's stuff. Uh from even though it's I don't know, what's his tenth album, something like that. Yeah. So uh but it's a good it's a good starter place if if uh, For sure. if nothing else. So I dig it. Cool. So he's getting well, getting a... he's getting close to a top three Ritter. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. One more album maybe. Jason, yeah. Josh and Kristen. I mean uh yeah. John. Yeah. Yeah. R.I.P. Could get there soon. Could get there soon. All right. Well, this has been fun. Uh, thanks for being here. Thanks for listening. If you like what you heard, well, guess what? There's more of this. I can't. I can't even imagine. Um, Me either. Why anyone would would want to listen to this? But if you've made it this far, then then we must be doing something right. So once you go to madaboutmoviespodcast.com slash VIP, sign up for that VIP feed. It's five bucks a month. You'll get access to uh, another episode every single week get bonus episodes as well and then we have this huge back catalog of of i'm literally hundreds of episodes on the vip feed as well you can get into usually it's a throwback or a retrospective this week we were talking about demolition man Mm. slice alone wesley snipes should be a fun combo there's also a little bonus stuff i think uh i think by the end of this week maybe early next week batman shane and a couple of the uh our man fam VIP friends are going to do a succession episode, put that out as well in the VIP. So check that out. Mad about movies. Which succession character is that succession episode? <laughs> I think it's, um, total Kendall, right? 
Yeah. Totally. Oh, they're all Kindles. Gosh, I'm so glad the show's over. Uh, <laughs> that, I'm glad that they are going to step in and do this because I do think that it's great to have uh, an episode on this. It was a huge cultural touch was point for, for online yeah. uh, people, you know? Um, I like the show, just, but I mean, yeah, it's... Mm-hmm. No, that's good. Yeah, that's there strong. Go. There's that. We got to do it as a draft. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. That's good. All right. Thank you so much for being here. Stay safe, and we'll see you at the same. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Tossed salads and scrambled eggs, and maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe, but I got you pegged. But I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. Scrambled eggs all over my face. They're making me ya ya. Tossed salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again.